Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, continues our Supernatural series talking about the gift of prophecy. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Can we welcome our campus to say hi to them? What's going on? Come on, Tampa. What's up? Those of you who are online, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Delighted to be with you today. Uh, what, a, what a special day. We've a couple of weeks ago, we started the 90-Day Tithe Challenge, and uh, if you're interested in that, you can get a little card, fill it out. You could join us for the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. God is doing amazing, amazing things. There's several hundred people who are now taking the challenge, and every year we see God do amazing things in that challenge. Amen, church? Amen. So a couple of weeks ago as well, we talked about Pastor Oscar Mumba. He is here with us, and we said, uh, yeah, we'll clap in just a second, I promise. Yes. COVID hit them really hard in Zambia, really, really, really significantly. About 50,000 people in their church, um, 150 pastors, and so a lot of difficulty there. And I said, if you have some extra, please give extra. We want to help those 150 pastors and Bread of Life Ministry and Pastor Oscar. And you guys blew us away. One very large gift. And then this gift, I want you to see it on the screen. All right. This is what the gift, you can't see it very well. You can see it here. $50,000 to Pastor Oscar, Bread of Life Ministries. Come on, we can do better than that, you guys. God is so good. God is so, so good. I'm going to mention this at the end of service, just uh, uh, if you could, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you're taking notes, in verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says that God will give you supply, grace. When you give, God will multiply grace unto you. We want to pray that way to begin today. We want to thank God for Pastor Oscar. We want to, I want you to think of the 150 pastors in Zambia, Bread of Life Ministry, receiving your gifts, your offerings, and then thanking God. And I want you to see that thankfulness coming right back down to you. That, that triangle of grace in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for Bread of Life Ministry. Thank you for Pastor Oscar Mumba. Thank you for the men and the women who will be blessed and supplied with for this grace. Multiply it in your kingdom. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, can we celebrate again, church? That's so good. Woo! Love it. Love it, love it, love it. You quit clapping too quick. I was, I was drinking. Um, <clears throat> so we want to talk about, uh, we're in a series called Supernatural. We want to talk about prophecy today. And uh, we want to start out by just um, getting into a little connection that Tamara and I had uh, over text. And so we're trying to communicate with each other last Tuesday. On Tuesdays, I normally prep. Uh, I, I'm, I stay at the house. I very, very rarely leave the house. And, uh, and so other days I prep as well, but that's the day when I'm like studying, I'm flowing, I'm praying, I'm, and I'm just trying to hear from the Lord. And um, this last Tuesday was, had that going on, and my barber texted me and said he had an opportunity to open at 4 o'clock. So how many of you know when your barber texts you and says he has an opportunity at 4 o'clock, <laughs> you, you got to go. You, you, you got to go. The other unusual thing about Tuesday, last Tuesday, is that Tamara was taking care of our little grandson, Xander. And he is a ball of fire. Little dude never stops running. Never stops moving. I've never seen another <laughs> child like him. He's awesome. He hums and just, just goes. 
And so she, she was wrestling him to try to get him to go uh, to sleep for his nap. And uh, she finally got him down. It was an MMA match. I can match. barely stay awake <laughs> until he went to sleep. <laughs> so she was uh, napping with him. She was exhausted chasing him. Can I get an amen? <laughs> they were down. My son is supposed to be picked up at 3 o'clock. And so I was going to leave at three and I was going to go by and get my car washed, my truck washed, and then get my hair cut and then come home. I had my study stuff and I was going to go. And so I had everything arranged. Are you proud of your pastor? Like I had it all arranged. It out. I, I was, and, I, and so I, I didn't want to call her because I didn't want to wake her up because she was with him. And so I texted a friend of ours, her name is Jelaine, and I asked her to pick my son up and bring him home. It's close to our house. So I had a plan, son was taken care of, mom and grandson were sleeping, I was pulling out of the driveway at three, and here we go. Here's the text. I love you, honey. I was hesitant because I didn't want to wake you if you were sleeping. Miguel, barber, love Miguel, has an opening at four, so I'm, I'm reading and prepping, but I'm gonna head over there so I don't have to do it on Thursday. Leaving now so I can hit my car, that means wash my car, and then get a cut, that means haircut, and come home. Do you, do you speak in those kind of short terms with your, right? I love you. Here's her text back. Oh, okay. I fell asleep as soon as I got him to go to sleep, but man, Zeke really needs a haircut. So that's I'm, our 15 year old. Okay. So I'm pulling out of the driveway. Zeke's getting picked up. I'm going to get my haircut. She says, Zeke needs a haircut. <laughs> my reply in text, going to get him now. Get Zeke? I thought you asked Jelaine. My reply, I did, about to text her. Oh, so Miguel has time for both of you to get haircuts. Yes or no, please. I don't know. But Jelaine said yes. Oh my goodness, love. I mean, yes, pick him up, or no, don't pick him up. To go to the haircut with you? It doesn't matter to me, he just needs a haircut. But if Miguel doesn't have time today, Jelaine can bring him home. Okay, I'll, I'll let Jelaine bring him home. See you in a little bit. <laughs> that, I'm sure that so, never happens to anyone else in this now, room. In the name of if it Jesus, doesn't, we need help. I, we, oh my goodness, that's re in real time. So lot, the part of life is trying to figure out communication this way, right? And part of life is trying to, this is, this is the horizontal plane. Part of life is trying to figure out God speaking to us in the vertical plane. And, and listening and hearing and understanding. And I'd like to pray that part in again, okay? Can I do that? Lord, we thank you for your voice. Speak to us in a mighty way. Show us who you are. Show us what we're to do. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen and amen and amen. Let's talk about prophecy for a moment. If you've got your Bible, we're gonna just cruise through the New Testament a little bit. If you don't, you can open the app. I wanna give you a little format and then hopefully some application, okay? In his book, uh, Pastor Tom Lane, in his book, He Still Speaks, he says that there's four kind of spheres of prophecy. So I'm gonna move pretty quickly through these. I got some other things to say. I wanna set the table for us. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. You have kids? How many of you have kids? You want them to get mature, don't you? That's this, woo! 
let's do that. God has the same aspiration for us, attaining to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. That's a little different translation, that's the way that I learned it. To the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. It's the office of prophet. It's called the five-fold ministry, and it means the pastoral ministry of the church, amen? Okay, second uh, sphere. The prophecy of scripture, very, very important. Second Peter 1, uh, 20 and 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture, all right, we believe in the word of God, don't we? Came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know that this is inspiration of the Bible. When the Lord spoke, he's speaking to man, and then man penned the words of scripture. All right, there's a lot more to be said about that, but for now, that's where we will camp. Frank Damasio, who is a pastor, wrote this. The prophecy of scripture speaks to the, these are big words, the declaratory, that means the declaration that comes from scripture, and the revelatory, the revelation, the inspiration that comes from scripture, the elements of God's word as the highest, listen, this written word, the Logos, is the highest revelation of God to man. Amen? Right? Okay. What this means is the Logos, the written word of God, is the highest and purest form of communication from God. So true prophecy is based on the word of God and never contradicts scripture. Amen. Never. So whatever God speaks to us as individuals, we run through the platform of the word of God for its foundation and truth. And God is very wonderful about speaking and he is awesome and creative and he is loving and gracious. Our foundation's always scripture. The next sphere, the gift of prophecy. We've been talking about supernatural and gifts in 1 Corinthians 14.1. Follow the way of love. Can we get an amen for that one? Let's, let's, let's let me talk about that in a second. And eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 now. But one who prophesies speaks to men for these reasons. When somebody has prophecy, they're undercovering. They understand that scripture is the foundation. And when they speak to other men through the grace of love, it's for strengthening and for edification and encouragement. Old Testament and some, some prophecy now that people interpret today uh, would say that prophecy is for calling out people's mail, like reading their mail. That's horrifying. Okay, you guys with me? Uh, are you guys with me online? I see you, yeah, you're nodding in your house. Like, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, it's, so there may be a, a declaration in the word. There may be, hey, avoid this. There may be, uh, maybe God is saying this. Even if it's a direction that says, hey, don't go this way and go that way. It's always, it's never in anger. It's always in love. It is, it is to edify and to encourage and to build up other people. That's what the prophecy is for. That's what it's for. New Testament scripture is what it says. And then there's a spirit of prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For all can prophesy. Not just pastors and teachers. For all can prophesy that we may all be exhorted. That we may all be exhorted. So everyone can prophesy, standing on the foundation of scripture, under the covering of pastoral leadership. 
Amen. Amen. Do you receive today that you can prophesy? Come on. Okay. Five of you do. The rest of you are like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Love and unity are the motivations for the manifestation of the gifts. When you read through the scripture, there's almost, there's 20 gifts, 19 or 20 based on how you count it. And prophecy is one of them, words of knowledge is another. And what we're gonna do at the Crossing Church as the weeks go on, as, as, as we get ready to go into summertime, we're gonna train our staff in prophecy. And then we're gonna train you in prophecy. We're gonna, we're gonna train you in prophecy. And, it, and yeah, you can clap, come on. The end of services we will have at, across our campuses, we'll have uh, uh, folks come with a word of knowledge or a prophecy, and we're gonna hear and see. We're gonna see people healed and saved and set free. Yes. We're, gonna, we're gonna hear it. So there is a, so there's, yeah, you can clap for that one too. You guys are clapping today. You guys are whoop, whoop. There is, there is faith, and there is faith, and then there is connection for God's grace. Connection for God's grace. We, uh, uh, the Bible is our directive. Love and unity are our motivation. Love and unity are our motivation. So the most extensive uh, explanation for the gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, and then in 13 it talks about love, and then in 14 it rounds out the gifts, so love is the meat in the middle of the sandwich. It's the motivation for any manifestation of the gifts of God. So you've heard this many times, I, I, I feel like it's important, 1 Corinthians 13, four through nine. Love is patient. If I had a mic, I could drop it and walk off. Walk off. <laughs> Love is patient. Love is patient. Love is kind, it's not jealous. Love does not brag, it's not arrogant, it doesn't act becoming, unbecomingly, it doesn't seek its own, it's not provoked. It does not take into account wrongs suffered. That is a huge one. It's a, it's a huge one. I would just, just let that, us Father, in the name of Jesus, it doesn't take into account uh, wrongs. It's a huge one. Six, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. God is actually speaking to me right now. He's just, whoa, I love you, Lord. I love your word. I love you, Lord. I love your word. I love you, God. I love your word. I'm preaching to you. He's teaching me while I'm standing here. Love never fails. Love cannot fail. Love does not fail. It's the thing on planet earth and in heaven that abides forever. The word of God, every jot and tittle of the word of God will never roll away. God's spoken word, his logos, Jesus, the incarnate word, he never, ever, ever moves from that place and the foundation of his throne is grace. The emanation from the throne is love. Amen. It's love. Our God is a God of love. <laughs> Whew, that's good news because there are other gods with other demeanors. <laughs> For we know in part and we prophesy in part. That's kind of Tamaranized interaction, we, I'm, I'm listening, and lots of times God is trying to talk to us about how he feels, and, and then we're trying to say, but what do I do? Come on, men. Well, I, what do I do? And God is saying, I want you to love, 
and I want you to, I want you to, I want you to bring unity in. When you stand on those foundations, I'm going to do something special. Years ago, uh, we had an apartment, what's called an apartment church, and we were caring for people that were, that were down and out. Is that a good enough explanation? Do you understand what I'm saying? There was, there, they, were, they were in hardship in this one particular place in Arlington, Texas, and uh, there was a young man, he was uh, 18, and uh, I'm gonna say a term, but I don't want, yes, I, it's not a derogatory term. He was a drug dealer. Okay, okay, are you with me? He, he dealt drugs, a lot of them. And um, I would prophesy to him, I would get words of knowledge, we were in the apartment where he was dealing drugs. And you recognize that when the gospel comes, the gospel displaces dark things. It just automatically does. And so he was angry at me and us because we had a little study there. We had 90 people in a two bedroom apartment, people getting saved and healed and delivered and set free. And I would bump into him and he would just, you know, he's mad at me. And, uh, and I'd get a word of knowledge and I would say, da, da, da. his name was Bernard. Okay. I love you, Bernard, wherever you are, man. I, I, I'd say something, you know, a word of knowledge is something you don't know. He'd go, man, stay away from me. I don't know you. He goes, how do you know that? And I would say, by the spirit of God. It's a word of knowledge. By the spirit of God. So three times I bumped into him. And then the last time I bumped into him, I prophesied to him. And I said, Bernard, you're going to end up leading a Bible study. He turned around and ran. <laughs> In one of those encounters that followed that little, that little thing with him running off, I, I, I said, he came up to me and he was like, oh, really? Like we, we, had a, we had a thing. So I guess we had four encounters. And at that encounter, he said, I'm going to kill you. This only got a little more serious. <laughs> and I don't know why this came out of me, but I said, God's going to kill you. And he went, boom. He dropped to his knees and he started to weep. And I got to lead him to the Lord right there. And we gathered like 50 people in the parking lot and we had horns and hats and a whole deal and we baptized Bernard in a horse trough. I held him down extra long. <laughs> held him. You know, I'm kidding, right? But drug dealers and people that are up and out have the same demons. They're the same stuff. We just don't want, we don't want to think of it that way. And man, he came up out of the water and we celebrated and, and listen, he was leading a Bible study by the time we left. <laughs> For young boys, he was leading a Bible study before we left. When, when love and unity are the foundation, when, when they really are our foundation, listen to me, catch this please, if you're writing it down, the, the connection, the employment of the gifts launch healing and evangelism. When we love from God's love, when we're not looking at people and trying to categorize them and class them and segregate them and, and, and have all kinds of bad things, when we, when we just love, when you just go into places to love, that's your goal, and to bring unity, healing, the employment of the gifts, all 20 of them, or 19, however you're counting, those gifts, when they manifest, when they come out of you, they launch healing and evangelism and people get saved and healed. People get saved and they get healed. So I had a dream about the application for the scripture and I, wow, seven minutes. All right, that's not gonna happen, just kidding. If you got your Bible, go to Isaiah chapter six. 
And I want, I want to give you the application just as, 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 in as much format as I can. So what does God want me to do with prophecy? Three things. He wants you to see, and he wants you to sense, and then he wants you to say. That's what God wants out of prophecy. What, what, is, what does the New Testament believer need? What do you want me to do, God? I, I, God says, I want you to see what I see. Come on, church. I want you to sense what I'm doing on the earth in your sphere. You know, we don't have to try to uh, cook up what God's doing. God's always doing something. He's always doing something with something, someone, some way around us. And as we see, and as we sense, then I want to pronounce the boldness for you to, everybody say, say, for you to say. Here's the scripture. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. You know that when Uzziah died, there was a lot of trouble in the nation of Israel. How many of you know we got trouble in our nation? And whether it's red or blue, whoever's leading, we got trouble. We got trouble. But in the midst of the trouble, this prophet, Isaiah, saw God. He saw God. Let me, let me continue. He was high and exalted. The train of his robe, it filled the temple, the temple. Above him were seraphs, these are angels, with six wings, not the little chubby ones you see in the bookstore with two. These are 15, 15 foot beings. Some estimates say 20. Two, they cover their face in humility. Two, they fly for their motivation. With two, they cover their feet for a double layer of humility. And then they open their face, their wings, they're above the throne and they cry eternally. Right now, in this second that we're teaching together, they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy. Every moment of eternity, they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is him who sits on the throne. Years ago, uh, um, I, was in a, I was in a meeting, I was in a men's meeting, and the Lord was doing some really powerful things, and I saw angels come into the room. With, I, I saw them come into the room, and when they came in, they didn't come in orderly, they came in kind of like that, and it looked like the fluttering of a dove. You know when the dove came down on Jesus, it said the Spirit came down like a dove. I don't think it was like, I don't think it was a dove. It's a symbol, but you know how doves kind of do that? Angels came into the room, they had, they had little boxes like this, and they had rope over the boxes, the boxes were ornate. I, I drew it and wrote about it, and, and every man who was open, it was a men's retreat, every man who was open, they went and hovered over his head, and they rested the box on the man. And I could hear and see what the Lord was doing. He was saying, I'm depositing on them something that they will know by revelation leaving this meeting. So I said it out loud, and man, we had a time. We really had a good time. Uh, can I say to you that it's normal to see angels? Can I say to you that it's going to be normative at the Crossing Church at every location, let's just speak it for all the churches in Tampa, that we see angels in Jesus' name. That we see the presence of God. That we not just see him in services, we see him in the grocery store and that we see him in school lines and that we see him at board meetings and that we see him on 60 that we, Highway 60, you gotta have a big, big, big angel. <laughs> I four, bigger angel. 
And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe is me, I cried. I'm ruined, this is Isaiah, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. We have a sense. We see and then we have a sense. The ground rumbles under him. You have a, uh, somebody's perception changes, their eyes change, their demeanor changes, their position changes, something is said or done in the natural, and you, uh, listening to the prophetic, begin to say, I think God is here. I think God is here. It just went from natural to supernatural. I think God is here. This term is a little bit confusing because no one, the Bible says in Exodus that Moses spoke to God face to face. Nine verses later, Exodus 33, uh, it, it says that no one can speak to God face to face and live. The word live is kaya, <laughs> not haya, <laughs> kaya, C-H-A-Y-A-H, kaya. And the word live has a unique meaning to it. If you look in the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three, it said that the Hebrews were wandering through the desert, right? And God says to them, man does not live, say live, live. say kaya. All right, you got it. Man does not kaya by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. And so when you look at this, you would say, I, if, if the, the word actually means to be revived on the inside, to be how many of you need to be strengthened on the inside? Woo, strengthened, to be strengthened. No man can see God. In the garden, Adam and Eve sinned, and God said, if you eat of the fruit, you will, but they didn't. You get it? Yeah. Some of you are like, what? okay, I'll come back and explain that in another message, okay? <laughs> when we talk about the word live, God is saying anyone who sees my face will be transported by kaya. The life of me looking at my face would be so powerful and so transformative to you that you would be alien-ish on earth. No one can look at my face and live. Do you remember Moses went up the mountain to get the, 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 the tablets, right? The Ten Commandments. Everybody with me? Yeah. When he came down, his face glowed. Do you remember? And Moses had to wear a veil over his face to talk to the people. Why? They were freaked out by kaya. They were freaked out. The life of God moving through the life of Moses was frightening to the people. Now I went, oh, Lord, Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I have no idea why I'm dancing. What, I just, was I dancing? Okay, listen, oh! 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, we all, but we all with unveiled, Faces. This is, that was the Old Testament where the Spirit of God came down and the people were, said, the people were saying, oh no, the mountain rumbled and shook and, and the Ten Commandments came down. Then Jesus came down. And in the New Testament, Jesus came and he unveiled the glory of God on the cross and he said, not only is the glory not hidden from you, it's multiplied unto you. I want you to see my face. 
but we all with unveiled faces. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Lord. Behold as in a mirror. You're looking at you, but you're looking at him as you're looking at you. Because he has deposited his Holy Spirit in you. So you're not looking at you, thank God. You're not looking at you, you're looking at him in you. As in a mirror. The glory of the Lord. I wanna ask you today to please picture yourself sharing the glory of the Lord. Don't picture yourself in the condition you're in, picture yourself in the condition he's placed you in. The glory, may the glory of the Lord rest upon you. May the glory of the Lord reflect from you. May the glory of the Lord be emanating out of you. May the glory of the Lord, as is looking into a mirror, be transformed. We're being transformed into the same image. Whose image? Jesus. From glory to glory. That you would, you would go in your quiet time and you would get kaya. And you would leave and your face would glow. And the next day you would leave and your face would glow more. And then you leave the next day and your coat glows. And you leave the next day and your shoes and everything, your car glows. And everywhere you go glows. That you would, you would carry kaya from glory to glory. That you would see God moving in your life. And that people would recognize that they just bumped into you. Nope, God. <laughs> By the Spirit of the Lord. So there's a seeing and a sensing, and then there's a saying. And the saying is the part where we, we come to terms with God and we watch him cleanse us and heal us. And we're convinced that he's God and we're convinced that life, you don't get strength from going to the gym. I know you do, but you don't. You don't get strength by eating health food. I know you do, but you don't. You get strength from the glory of God, looking at God, hosting the presence of God, and then you are quickened in your spirit to live a supernatural life. Then you live a supernatural life. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from, with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and he said, see, this has touched your lips in the name of Jesus and your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Your guilt is taken away. Your shame is rolled away. I don't know what you've done, where you've been, but Jesus is here. I don't know, I don't know how you feel or, or, or how broken you are, but Jesus is the healer and he heals not only the thing, he heals the, he heals the circumstances and the feelings from the thing. Jesus is a complete healer. Some of you are having trouble with the scandal of grace right now. You're like, you don't know what he did. I was like, no, no, you don't know what he did. When you know what he did, you'll understand that what you did doesn't keep you from him. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard from heaven the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, at that moment, having seen and sensed, now we say, having known that God has cleansed us and having become convinced that he is the essence for our life, we say to him, here I am. No, here I am, Lord. Listen, here I am. I'm not hiding from you anymore. Here I am. 
Here, here I am, Jesus, send me. Here I am. Interrupt my schedule, my time, my day, my, my, my direction. Interrupt me. Do whatever you want to do with me. Take me where you want to take me. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. God, I'm yours. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me, God. Here I am. Send me. <coughs> Perdona. I got so excited, I couldn't talk. <laughs> I want to end with this. <clears throat> we, uh, we went fishing the other day, because fishing is anointed. <laughs> fishing is from Jesus. Do you know, if, if the Global Awakening Conference was here, and if you haven't seen it, you can go online on our website, and you can watch, and it, it's, it's amazing. Ooh, yeah. Really, really, really good stuff. Really good. Come on, clap it in. Let's do it. Okay, and and so there's not a difference, Bill Johnson said this, there's not a difference between this, preaching, and the anointing and preaching, and the anointing and going fishing. They're the same thing. You don't have a secular life and then a holy life. You have a holy life that you enjoy living. And so God is just as blessed fishing, thank you Jesus, (laughs) as he is with preaching. If we understand the life of God, if we understand. So we went fishing and it was beautiful. We did, we did well. It was awesome. We caught fish. We were done by 1230. It's always a good day when you're done by 1230. And then we had the boat hooked up and, and it's a friend of ours boat and that's a blessing too. Thank you, Jesus. Right? And so we were driving to a restaurant that's in, in St. Petersburg and they cook the fish, prepare it and it's, it's fresh. It's good. How do you know that's manna? I was kidding. That was a joke. That was like, Sorry. I lost you on that one. Fresh fish, manna, in the name of Jesus. It's really good stuff. So we pulled up, and we had to wiggle through St. Pete. It was a beautiful weekend, and we wiggled, 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 and we recognized, oh, we're pulling a boat. We can't park here, so we can't eat at this restaurant. And then we had the revelation. We said, if our wives were with us, they would have intercepted this an hour ago. (laughs) Right? They would have said, you can't go there. You can't park there. You have a boat. So we said, uh, uh, option B, we're going we're gonna to wiggle up. We're going to head home. We're going to wiggle up in St. Pete. We're heading back uh, over to Brandon. We went to a second restaurant. We pulled in. The restaurant is closed. We thought, again, if our wives were with us, they would have known that this restaurant was closed. Can I get an amen in the house? You guys are being so timid. It's so true. Junior Holy Spirit. So we went to a third restaurant. We were determined. We were determined. We had our fresh fish. We had it cleaned and the whole deal. And so we ended up at a place called La Teresita. And uh, so if you don't know that, that is the third heaven. Uh, uh, and, and so they agreed. My friend uh, uh, knows the manager and we agreed. And, and uh, he's actually a pastor. Awesome place. And so they agreed to cook our fish for us. And as soon as we pulled in the parking lot, there was an older gentleman that came out. He's 78 years old. That's spry, and he's happy. He's like, oh, the boat and fishing was introduced himself, so we gave him some fish. We said, man, here, do you want some fish? He was very happy, took his portion of the fish. They cooked our fish for us. We're sitting in this little section, and he's coming back and forth and talking to us. And he's saying, oh, look, here's my family and my wife. And I mean, he's got some incredible, you know, just incredible kids, an incredible story. His wife's in Miami. 
And as he's coming back and forth, the Lord, uh, my friend is translating Spanish. I, don't, I know un poquito, nada. <laughs> my son is here. My friend's over here. He's, he's over there. And while we're talking, the Lord is, th- this is a little bit strange, but I want to give this to you because the Lord speaks, right, in what ways? Some of you guys are afraid to say mysterious. I don't know about mystery. He does. The Lord speaks on a foundation under the covering of pastors, on the foundation of the scripture, always on the foundation of scripture. He never contradicts himself in scripture. Then the gift of prophecy. So some of you, everybody can prophesy. Some of you have the gift of prophecy. It's a special gifting. And there's the spirit of prophecy. That means God is speaking to us and we recognize it. We see, we sense, we say. And the Lord is saying to me, horses. (laughs) Oh, that must be Jesus. (laughs) So I'm contemplating horses. Now I want you to know that when you hear from the Lord, you can test what you hear. You're supposed to. So 10 seconds after probably the third or fourth or fifth time I'm hearing horses, the man is joking around and saying his wife is coming home and he says, the horse is coming home. And I was like, that's hilarious. It was just, it's just a cultural thing. She's a beautiful lady. Amen. Everybody, are you good? So it's a cultural thing. And when he said the horse is coming home, I had my faith rose. Because I'm hearing horses, horses, horses. So I said to my friend, ask him if he uh, rode horses or had horses. And so he said, and, and so when he did, the guy said, yeah, I grew up in Cuba and we were on a ranch. We had horses. And he started describing riding the horse. So he is, he's doing his thing. And he's talking about, I guess, a lasso and putting something into a hole. And he's going. Whoo. So he's saying, yeah. And he's describing. And my buddy is translating back to me in Spanish. I said, I got, I got the part. <laughs> so we're, so we're, we're, we're jamming, we're having fun, and the Lord starts going like this. Hey, ask him if he feels like the Lord is moving. And so my buddy translates and says, do you feel like the Lord is moving? Right then, the manager who was tabulating, you know, doing some of the money things, they had gone out, they came around. Do you know that when you're, you're leading somebody to the Lord, you're right at that moment of intersection in the valley of decision, there's, there's always a distraction. Always. A phone rings, somebody's, something happens. Somebody says, hey, or you, or whatever. Right at that moment, they were like, hey, they called his name, he left. I was like, that's it. He gone, that fish is gone. But he came right back and he got right back in the position he was in. And, he, and, and, and so then, another, do you feel like the Lord is moving? And the, so when we said, the Lord, do you feel like the Lord is moving? His countenance changed. Do you know what I mean by countenance? His demeanor changed. His eyes changed. They, his eyes got watery. And he, and he was looking at my friend, and my friend's eyes got watery. And he's looking at me, and I'm like, I think Jesus is here. Yes. And so we just asked a simple question. Would you like to receive Jesus? He said, yes, I'd like to receive Jesus. And so in the restaurant, in the restaurant, on a day of fishing, we got to lead a 70-year-old man to the Lord. And I want to close with that. Do you want to receive the gifts of the Spirit and be activated in the natural so that your supernatural is connected to your natural? Amen? Can I pray for you? Don't bow your heads. In the name of Jesus, if you, if you want to, you can be in a posture of receiving if you'd like to. 
If, if you feel, God, God wants to give me something right now. He wants to activate my giftings. Just get in a position to receive. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you move from heaven to earth, that you convince us by the scripture that we're able. We're able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Here's the scripture. According to the power that is within us. In the name of Jesus. God, release healing and evangelism in our church. I pray, release healing and evangelism in our church. <laughs> we bind up the spirit of fear. We bind up the spirit of fear. We say, fear, you don't have any place. We're gonna hear from God. We're gonna test and approve. We're gonna look at the scripture. We're gonna ask questions. And I pray that the spirit of prophecy would move in this house. It would move in the city of Tampa. It would move in our churches. And now for you, you can slip your hands down. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? All right, let's say this. Say, Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life. Come on, every, every voice, I surrender. Say, I surrender. I know I've sinned, but I give you my life. And I know you've forgiven me. I know you've forgiven me. Come on, somebody needs to say that another time. I, I know you've forgiven me. You've healed me, cleansed me, forgiven me. Now I'm yours. Now I'm yours. I receive Jesus. Thanks for joining us this week. Don't forget to check out all of our Good Friday and Easter service times. You can visit crossingeaster.com for all the times and locations. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch to view all of our on-demand messages, our live service broadcasts, and more. Thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to worship with you next weekend.